Hit it. Welcome to the Rocket Through History podcast, which proudly produces quick-hitting snippets of history everyone should know. Well, hello, everybody. It's time for another Rockin' Through History podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. Now, I say us because I have somebody pretty special with me here today, my neighbor. Uh, his name is Steve, and uh, we decided to do a podcast together. How about that? Which is pretty cool. So, Steve, yeah. welcome to Thank the Rockin' you. Through History podcast. I'm glad to be here in the Rockin' Through History official studios. This place is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, this is my favorite place to hang out in the mm-hmm. house, I think. Okay. Um, and so you might hear, uh, if in the audience, you might hear my kids in the background. We've instructed them to watch television quietly, but they might burst in at any moment. Who knows? But which, we're just going to do that. Which could actually be pretty entertaining, depending on when they come in. I think the kids would probably like that, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Steve, what are we going to talk about today? Um, well, we're going to talk about um, some, a famous battle from the Revolutionary War. So, um, if I were to ask you to name a famous battle from the Revolutionary War uh, mm. that had a big impact, um, tell, me which, tell, me, tell, me a, tell me a name of a battle or two. Oh, the one that comes to mind first would probably be Battle of Yorktown. Right, maybe, right. Or mm-hmm. uh, maybe when George Washington crossed the river at Trenton. Yep, the Christmas, um, uh, Christmas Day yes. attack. So those would be big ones. What, so if I, what if I told you there was a battle in the Revolutionary War where a, um, an American militia captured 100 British cannon wow. and 68 British soldiers without firing a shot? Without firing one shot. Without firing one shot. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting. Okay. Me. I All think right. I'd like to learn a little bit more about All that. All right. We're going to talk about the Battle of Fort Ticonderoga. Okay. I have heard of that. Okay. Do you know where Fort Ticonderoga is? Uh, north of here. Yeah, it is. It's cold up there right now. <laughs> um, it is at um, on the southern end of Lake Champlain. Now, Lake Champlain is a huge lake that goes north to south. Okay. And it pretty much straddles the border of uh on one side in most most parts on one side is is new york and the other side is what we call the state of vermont now and it goes all the way up north to canada to quebec wow okay so it's a huge huge lake and um so it's a pretty kind of important place for the british to have a fort but they didn't build the fort there fort ticarangaroga the the fort was actually built there by the french Ah. It was built by, in 1755, the French built a fort there. They called it Fort Carillon. And um, they used it in the French and Indian War against the British. And in 1758, 16,000 English troops attacked it. That's a lot. And there was 3,500 French troops inside. And guess who won? I'm guessing the French? The French won. That's right. And so the British had to go away. And then they came back the next year and they attacked it. By, By that time... The French had actually abandoned the fort, and there was no one there. So they oh, took wow. it over. Easy victory. Yeah, they, that's the kind of victory you want to have. <laughs> and they took it over, and they changed the name to Fort Ticonderoga. And then they built a road from there to Vermont, so, or sorry, through what's now Vermont to New Hampshire, so they could get supplies. And um, so here it is. It's the 1750s, 1760s, and the British now control Lake Champlain. Okay. Okay. And the French are gone by 1759. The French and Indian War is over. So all of Eastern America is controlled by the British. Okay. So back around this time, the governor of New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire is east of here. 
okay? New Hampshire is east of, of what we call now Vermont. And it is one of the 13 colonies which we learned about earlier in the year. Right, exactly. And so the governor at the time is a guy by the name of Benning Wentworth. Oh, and so cool people name. come, they, they come to Benning Wentworth and they say, hey, Benning, or Mr. Wentworth, or <laughs> Governor Wentworth probably, or your lord, um, and they say, we would like to build some towns west of the Connecticut River. Sounds nice. And he said, sure, you can do that. And he sold them what are called grants. Okay. And the first town that was granted was named after him. It was called Bennington. And that town is still in Vermont. It's in southern Vermont. Interesting. And um, so they started going there, and, and people started uh, making farms and uh, building and bringing cattle along and cutting down trees and starting lumber mills and doing some, you know, some basic colonial stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everything was going fine, and, um, and settlers started pouring in, and they came from, from Connecticut and Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and um, so they start coming in, and then the governor of, of uh, New York, he decides he's going to do the same thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, so you have two governors now who are saying, hey, you can go settle there. So they're giving away or selling the same pieces of land yeah. to so different people? Yeah, so can you people? imagine you're living in Vermont, and then all of a sudden someone comes in from New York and says, no, I own this land. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. So what happened was uh, they started a militia, and um, they started a militia called the Green Mountain Boys. Hmm. You ever hear of the Green Mountain Boys? Well, I have to tell you, as a kid, when I learned about the Revolutionary War, I heard about these guys and the Green Mountain Boys up in Vermont, and I always wanted to sort of... Be like them or, or be a part of them. They were, they were pretty cool. They, they knew all the back roads. They knew all the ways to get around in this area. Okay. And they were able to actually keep the New Yorkers from coming in. And they, they had all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of tricks that they did. At one point, they caught one of the guys from New York who, mm. was, trying to, uh, who was trying to stop them. And they lashed him to a chair. Wow. And they hung the chair upside down outside of a, of a tavern that they like to go to to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and they hung him there for a couple, for a couple hours, and then he, he agreed that he'd leave them alone, and he went back to New York. Wow, that sounds like an interesting discipline practice. <laughs> you should try that. I think you should try that. I should try that, then I might lose my job. Do, I don't know. Do you think Mr. Umberger would, would approve of that? I don't think he would approve. All I don't right. know. All right, well, you let me know how that works. <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, so there, this is what's going on in, in what they call the New Hampshire Grants. And um, so flash forward, it's 1775, and I'm going to ask you one question here. Okay. What happened on April the 19th, 1775? Oh, that would have been the battles of Lexington and Concord. That's right. The shot heard around the world. Yes. Okay. So that was a big day. Um, So there's a guy who was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is really near Lexington, Mm -hmm. and his name is Colonel Sam Parsons, and he's from Connecticut. Okay. And so all this happens... And he decides he's going to go back to Connecticut and tell everyone what's going on in Boston. All right, makes sense. So he heads the road for Hartford, where he's from, Hartford, Connecticut. And on the way, he runs into this young guy. His name is um, Captain Benedict Arnold. Oh, yeah. I know about him. And so he's talking to Captain Benedict Arnold on the road, and he tells him what happened in, in Lexington and Concord. And, Benedict, and he said, you know, the problem is, is that all we have are rifles. And the British have a lot more uh, artillery. And Benedict Arnold, who was a trader at the time, who had gone out, he said, you know where there's a lot of cannons? He said, there's a lot of cannons at Fort Ticonderoga, mm. which is up on Lake Champlain. He says, I go up there all the time. And so they have this conversation, and Arnold keeps going towards Massachusetts, 
and Parsons keeps going towards Hartford. And so that's April the 26th. April the 28th, Parsons got into Hartford, and he meets with a couple people, and they decide that on April 28th, they send someone north to go see if um, Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys would go attack Fort Ticonderoga. Mm. And so they decide to do it. So they go north, and by May the 5th, they get up to Bennington, and they talk to Ethan Allen, and he says, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go do that. Okay, so he starts getting the, the, the Green Mountain Boys together. And they head up north, and they have to be secret about it. Because if the British find out that they're coming, sure, there's no way that they're going to get there. So it has to be a surprise attack. And so he heads up there. Meanwhile, remember Benedict Arnold? Of course. He shows up again. Nice. He finds out what's going on, and he gets money from Connecticut to go join Ethan Allen. In fact, he gets a letter that says he has the right to raise 400 troops. Wow. So he heads north, and he almost screws it up for everyone, because they all get angry at him. He shows up, and he says, hey, I'm in charge of this. Now, here's Ethan Allen with a couple hundred Green Mountain boys behind him, and, Ethan, and, and Benedict Arnold shows up, and he says, hey, I have the right for 400 people. And they say, well, where's your army? And they look, and it's, it's, it's uh, Benedict Arnold and his, and his servant. <laughs> that doesn't that's all, sound like quite an army. No, no, me. that's all he had. And uh, so Ethan Allen's like, you know what? You just keep doing your thing, and, and we'll do our thing. And he, he, he makes it a little bit, uh, you know, he makes peace with him. So they keep going, and they get up to, to Lake Champlain, and he gets a couple guys to uh, commandeer some boats. You know what commandeer means? Uh, I'm guessing, like, to take command of or to, to overtake. Steal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a simpler <laughs> they, definition. They stole some boats. In fact, the one guy, they, they, there was a captain of a boat, and they got him, they got him a little drunk, <laughs> and uh, they took his boat. And uh, they ended up not getting all the boats they wanted. They only had one boat, and it was called a bateau. Okay. And I never heard of that before. Exactly. It's, it's a French type of a boat. Okay. Um, you might hear about it when you study later uh, the Lewis and Clark expedition. Ah, interesting. Okay. okay. So they had this bateau, and they, 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 they put 40 guys into this boat, and they took them across the, uh, the lake, and then they went back, and they got 40 more guys, and they were going to keep going and getting guys, but it... They were like, well, if the sun comes up, the British are going to find us out. Mm -hmm. And so they decide, hey, we've got 83, 83 soldiers here. Let's go attack the fort. Wow, it seems pretty brave and bold yeah, to me. Well, they had to do something. They didn't want the British to know that they were coming. Right. So 83 guys, they go south to get to the fort from where they landed, and they get up to a gate, and there's one guard at the gate. <laughs> That's he, it, just one guard. One guard. Okay. One guard at the gate, and he tries to stop them. <laughs> and Ethan Allen runs at him, and the guy runs through the gate, and he runs away. And so Ethan Allen and his 83 guys come running into the, to the main central part of the, of the fort, and then they line up, one row facing the barracks where the, where the soldiers are sleeping on one side, and okay. one row facing the other, right? And they yell out, huzzah. Ah, I've heard that before, too. And all of the British come out. They're still asleep. And they're taken, they're taken captive because they're literally, they were caught with their pants down. <laughs> no, literally, when, when they went and they knocked on the door of the commander, he came out and he had his pants in his one hand and he had the doorknob in the other. So they really, they caught him with their pants so down. So he wasn't ready to fight because he had his pants in his hand. He certainly wasn't. Okay. You can't fight without your pants on. That's true. Yeah. No one takes you seriously. <laughs> um, so 83, guy, 83 soldiers uh, of the Green Mountain Boys capture this fort and they capture 100 wow. cannons. 
um, which is exactly what the revolution needed. And so this is um, this is now May the 10th. Okay. Okay. Remember the shot heard around the world was fired on April 19th, right. so about a month. It's just before. less than a month. Less than a month. Less okay. than a month. And they did it all in secret. They wow. told people they were going hunting. Okay. So that no one knew where they all these people were going. And they traveled in small groups, but they did it. And wow. they captured these cannons. Okay, so why was this so important, right? Well, that's uh, you tell me, Steve. Okay, I, I think I know, but reasons, I want you to tell me. And we're going to finish this up. Okay. Two reasons this is important. One, by capturing Lake Champlain, they stopped the British from being able to bring troops down from Canada. Okay. Okay. So if the British had Lake Champlain and they had Fort Ticonderoga, they could bring troops down, and they could have cut off all of New England from the rest of the colonies. Oh, wow. That would have been big. That would have pretty much destroyed the, the revolution right there. Yeah. Second reason is, remember those cannon that they, they found? Yeah, and they needed guns, they right? They needed guns, and they really needed cannon. Well, the next year, they brought those cannons down from Vermont. Hmm. Okay, well, what was Vermont? Or what would be Vermont? Through Massachusetts... And they brought those guns to Dorchester Heights. Now, Dorchester Heights is, is just outside of Boston, and they mounted them there. Okay. Not all of them, but some of them. And the British were in Boston yeah, Harbor at the they time. They were in Boston, right? They and were in Boston Harbor, and all of a sudden, there show up these cannons up on the hills above Boston. Mm. So what did the British do? They left Boston. Yes, they did. They did. They called it Evacuation Day. And so Boston was safe, and the British were gone. Um, so there's the second thing that came out of Fort Ticonderoga. Wow. And that was really, that was, I, I would say, one of George Washington's first triumphs in the war. And we, we've been learning a lot about him. Um, but he couldn't have gotten the British to get out of Boston unless those cannon mm -hmm. and those guns came from Fort Ticonderoga. Fort Ticonderoga. Right? That's right. Wow. And so that is the story of Fort Ticonderoga. 100 cannon... 83 men, not a shot fired. They did drink rum. Okay. So when they got there, they found that the, the British had rum and they opened them up. But being the nice guys that they were, they signed a receipt. <laughs> and they, I'm serious. And they gave it to the British commander so that he could be reimbursed for the rum that they stole. Wow. Very interesting. But they didn't, they didn't reimburse him for the cannon, though. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, Steve. Well, that, that is very interesting. So and, that was fun. And... I just have to say, I want to learn more um, about this battle now. Okay. And uh, I don't know if... Um, did you have anything that you read that... I, I did. I did. I read two different books. I, I, I found two different books. And the most, um, uh, most helpful book that I found was a book called Ethan Allen and the Capture of Fort Ticonderoga. And that was written by a man named Richard B. Smith. Okay. And that has pictures in it, and it has a timeline in it. Um, it has all sorts of really interesting stuff in it. Now, I downloaded it on my Kindle, hmm. um, but you could probably find it in your local library. I'm sure we could. Okay. So, well, thank you so much for coming today. You bet. You bet. And uh, we're going to hang out a little bit more in uh, Drago Studios here. Oh, it's a great Steve place to be. Home, but uh, thanks for joining us. You bet.